Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. On this episode of Crown Jewels, the Harry and Meghan documentary is finally here and we're recapping the first three episodes. From the Instagram DMs to down on one knee, we share our thoughts on this timeless love story. And more importantly, ask the question, have we become Markle's Sparkles? We are back with another episode of Crown Jewels, the elite podcast for the royally obsessed, presented by Betches Media. I'm Lex Nico. And I'm Samantha Bush, and as always, we're breaking down the latest in royal updates and hot gossip, and this week's episode is going to be, I mean, heavily Heavily. devoted to the official debut of the first three episodes of Harry and Meghan out on Netflix. I mean, I am really excited. Now, let's also say this. We shared some high-level text, but like we really reserved ourselves to share our, you know, high level review and first thoughts on this podcast. And I, for one, am chomping at the bit. No, I, we have restrained ourselves in a way that I didn't think we really could. I know. So I'm I'm really proud of us. Yeah. (laughs) I'm also proud of us though, Sam, because we reached the top three on Apple Podcasts um, in, what is it? The U.S. Entertainment News Charts. Excuse? 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 Thank you so much to everyone for listening. Like, this is, my mind was blown. I teared up a little bit. I was so happy. Like, I couldn't even believe it. I was like, I literally had to rub my eyes and be like, is that, (laughs) say, three? Like, I know. I really had no idea. And it was just so exciting. It was so exciting and a fun story that I will share because I also, I did text Sam last Thursday when Harry and Meghan came out. Oh my God. We had a crazy opportunity um, where I have, I have a neighbor who works for a radio show in LA and they had, um, their booker was like, for some reason there was communication crossfires and a journalist from CNN was not getting back to them about coming onto the radio show to talk about the Harry and Meghan docu-series. So my neighbor, you know, it goes CNN crown jewels because she reached out to me and was like, can you come on? The CNN person got back in touch with them, ended up doing it. But Sam, with the time difference, was scrambling to send me some notes to get me up to speed before I could watch all the episodes. And like, that's what we do here. This is a team player situation. So it really thank you, is, Samantha. And th- you're welcome. And like, other than those like texts that I sent that I rattled <laughs> off to you, like in a manic state, we really have not talked about it. So I, know. I really cannot wait to get to make it rain, and we we're gonna be wild. It's gonna be wild. Wow. We're gonna make it rain harder than it's rained before. It's gonna. <laughs> I. I- I was trying to think of like a pun, but like that's already punny enough. It's punny enough. It's punny enough. Just laugh at me. (laughs) All right. Before we jump into the documentary, it's time for Tea and Crumpets, this week's top royal family stories. Sam, do you want to start us off with some royal subjects for our royal subjects? Of course. So first up, we got King Charles 
and Queen Consort Camilla's Christmas card. Mm-hmm. It was debuted earlier in the week. I gotta say, they look adorable. They look adorable. Mm-hmm. They I mean, look like cute. They look in love. He, granted, is not looking at her, but she's looking at him. It's it's a cute moment. It's a candid moment, mm-hmm. and like again, I think this is one of those instances where we're seeing King Charles flex his newfound kingness. And it's like, I'm not doing the seated prim and proper. We want a candid little ussy. And that's what we're going to do. And I'm not kidding. Like, I, I think it's one of the most beautiful photos I've seen of our Queen Camilla, your girl. My bowler. Are you a bowler? Your bowler. Yeah. You're going mean, to become I might a bowler be turning, by the end like, of this podcast. I was a non-bowler. But then on top of that, they I, I saw in the article that they took this photo on September 3rd, which is my birthday. Let's just get that out early in the podcast. Virgo queen. Virgo queen. And so I always like now I have more of an affinity and a connection to it. But I'm like, <laughs> I think King Charles, you look fabulous. But Camilla, I'm obsessed with her in this photo. Mm-hmm. I just love like this tone of green she's wearing. She's subtly festive, but it's mm-hmm. not like so obvious princess kate in her you know clover green (laughs) and her smile like you said yeah and how she's just looking up and at him i think it's so candid and cute like he's obviously the king but i think he gave her this moment a little bit yeah like um you know you're the real you're the star because he loves her you're sure really, I swear, we're going to get through one season of this podcast and I'm going to be like Team Camilla so hard. I know. I, listen, we got to get facts. We got to get through the, the next three episodes of Harry and Meghan because, yes. like, who knows? I don't want to be eating my words and, you know, because they could be like literally showing receipts of like Camilla like doing something crazy. But yeah, I mean, I'm a bowler. You're a bowler. I also want to highlight, because it's one of my other favorite photos, um, that you let me know that this photo was taken by Sam Hussein, who took the photo of the couple for last year for Mm -hmm. their Christmas card, but also famously took the photo of Meghan and Harry in the rain, in the blue dress, with the umbrella. You know how I feel about Meghan and an umbrella? Like, wow. This photographer. He's literally a star. A star. A star. All right, let's talk about Princess Anne and Prince Edward because they have just been named as counselors of the state. So what does this mean, Samantha? Let us know. Okay, because when I first read this, I was like, what the fuck does that really mean to me? Like, because I don't know much. Right. I was like seeing headlines and I'm like, I guess I don't get it. So what this means is that they can now carry out constitutional duties if Charles like was sick or unwell. Um. And also, I mean, it's worth noting that Andrew was not asked <laughs> to participate. It's very worth noting that Andrew was not asked to participate. Yeah. And also that this bill was fast-tracked so that Andrew, they could avoid any awkwardness yeah. involving Andrew and Harry, sure. But mm-hmm. um, just to kind of, you know, get that all buttoned up with a nice little bow before the holidays. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I they really ran that through in November and I just wanted to do like a quick little rundown of like the UK political system because I just think you know this is an educational podcast of course um (laughs) ran by two clowns and um (laughs) I think people get a little confused because it's like what does the monarch really do like Mm -hmm. because there is the prime minister So the British monarchy reigns, but it does not rule, which I think is like a really important thing to note. 
Yes. And experts think that with Charles in charge, it will be, isn't that a movie? Uh, it was a television show, Charles okay. in Charge. Okay. I don't, like, how, okay. I, I like, thought as you the were doing that my to lips, make a joke, I didn't no. realize you were doing, that's, no. <laughs> those were your real notes. As the words left my mouth, I was like, ooh, the, I've Charles this in before. Charge, remember? No. No. <laughs> but it will be an even more stripped down version of like what the queen was. Interesting. Um, which I found really interesting. So, okay. I mean, I think two things. Number one, could you imagine if for any reason, if this bill was not fast-tracked or passed through, that you had some sort of event, a decision that needed to be made, and the king was meant to attend, or for health reasons or personal reasons, he couldn't be there for the decision, and it was Prince Andrew who showed up or had to make a decision on the king's behalf? Like, there's no world where I'm comfortable with that. That's a liability at this point. No, and that's just another example of Charles is kind of getting in front of everything. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm like, I'm king, impressed. King energy. King energy. Mm-hmm. K-D-E. K-D-E. Wait, B-K-E. Big king energy. <laughs> energy, absolutely. <laughs> Charles is showing it. He really is. Now, I mean, Sam, we I, I want to get to the doc, but I yeah. was desperate to talk about this final tea and crumpet because once again, I'm just so happy with you. Like your girl is thriving. She's thriving. And let's talk about Camilla as the front page star of the holiday and New Year good housekeeping. Honestly, she's a cover girl. You she's know, a cover like girl. she is on the cover in her red little outfit, her little brooch. Mm-hmm. she's really a Christmas angel <laughs> and I'm glad she's finally getting her flowers you know um I was really like you tagged me in the Instagram story yes that, and I was overjoyed I was <laughs> smiling from ear to ear I could not believe my girl was on the cover of a magazine and, and not looking involved. incredible oh looking amazing I think she's done something to her teeth but I'm not sure oh yeah something looks a little different something okay. like tweaked but that's okay and in the issue she talks about her work with the domestic violence charity safe lives and that kind of like i didn't know really that much about her charitable work i guess or like me too what she really is championing for so i did a little digging i did a little research and in 2021 she opened up about how her close friends have been victims of domestic abuse and it really i mean Sugar to her core. Mm-hmm. And she really is just trying to bring awareness to resources for the victims. And she says in the issue, the work of Safe Lives is extremely close to my heart because I have had the privilege of meeting so many women and men who live in an atmosphere of permanent fear. Their stories will haunt her and that their experiences are always deeply harrowing, but their strength as they overcome seemingly surmountable obstacles is inspiring. Oh, also, I think it's worth noting. Mm-hmm. That the late queen, may she rest, may she granted rest. her a blessing on the special issue. Oh, because it's, oh, here, the it's Good Housekeeping's 100th anniversary celebration, and it marked her platinum jubilee year. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. It's like meant to I be. think, you know, like, uh, to your point of your girl, like, I think this is a marked moment for her. Like, mm-hmm. I think not only do we get her looking gorgeous on the cover, and like I said, like, I don't think she's ever looked better. I just think that this is her moment. And again, like, 
King Charles is saying, honey, we are going to lift you up. I'm going to do everything I can to mm-hmm. give you your moment. It's your time to shine. She's she's waited. She played the long game and sure she's did. on her A game now. She and sure I love she game. sure did. <laughs> I just I love that we get to see a human side to her because I think mm-hmm. for so long, at least for me, um, you know, I'm not diving into Camilla. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think for so long, I didn't know that much about her. And now we're finally getting to see her open up and talk about what is important to her, what she cares about and why. And it like brings us closer to her. And I'm I'm quite enjoying it. Like she's thriving, but I'm also loving it. Yeah. And I, I'm curious if this is going to be his way of attempting to modernize the monarchy. Mm-hmm. Like to have the Queen of England on the cover of Good Housekeeping um, it feels pretty modern to me. It feels very modern. And it's not one of those like photoshopped inserts where they slap an image of her <laughs> on a background. Like, you yeah. know, this was a full photo shoot. I don't yeah. know if you read the full article. I'm assuming. I mean, I know you did. But like, there's a photo of her mm-hmm. and she's like leading back on a chair. Oh, and I'm like, back. girl. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my no. God. You're a model. She <laughs> was like two minutes away from just lighting up a cig and like seriously i'm like get beyonce we're filming the visuals yeah (laughs) really the renaissance is upon us literally i loved it i that photo i was like this is this is my cover photo no honestly like why wasn't that the front cover it was you know who would have loved this shoot i know she's a controversial figure now but america's next top models own tyra banks yes you're right. She, Camilla would have gotten the like the, the her picture turned, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. I would I would love I would love to have Tyra break down this photo for us. That could <laughs> be an interesting video. I would contemplate. I would Tyra die. call us, <laughs> please. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Okay, Lex, are you ready to make it rain? Of course, I am ready to make it rain. And as promised, this week's Make It Rain is about the first three episodes of the Harry and Meghan documentary on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Sam, I want to get into your first reactions, overall thoughts. I have some of my own too, but hit us with those first reactions, please. So yeah, like you said, before we get into like breaking down episode by episode, Mm -hmm. there's so much to talk about. There's so much. I got to tell you, I would follow these two into battle, into <laughs> war. And I went into it a little skeptical. You know, yeah. I am a sucker, Same. as you know. 
And honestly, like there are times when I hate them. There are times that I love them. There's always I'm a little side eyeing Megan a little bit, side eyeing Harry a little bit. <sighs> I'm converted. I someone on Twitter flipped referred to us as Markle's Sparkles, and I will now be referring to myself as that from now on because I can't get enough. Like this was a a v, like a look inside like who they are. Mm-hmm. And I know that last week we kind of shit on them a little bit as we when do. it came as we do. <laughs> we're you know we're honest reporters, the front lines, and it's just you know. We didn't get the, like, contrived version of her. And, like, we did last week where we kind of were like, why can't they keep a staff? And it's like, well, whoever they have on right now is really doing a great job with this production because it's so well done. And it does the perfect amount of, like, backstory, insight, testimonials, Serena Williams. Oh, my gosh. You pull Serena into the game and it's like. I was shocked. How can you argue? To do this. Like, Serena is so not like a very. She doesn't really do that many interviews. I don't think. I mean, you're a sport girl. So you tell me. But I was shocked to see her with that little bob. And we got to see her mom. We got to get to know her niece. Like, we got so much more backstory into Megan. And it really made me realize, like, we, I, I knew nothing about her. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. What so, did you I think? mean, okay. First of all, the Serena of it all blew my mind for a couple blew of reasons. Mind. Like, yes, Serena was her first guest on Archetypes, though. So there was that. They are very good friends. Serena, like, hosted her baby shower in New York. But there was a period of time where I think they had a falling out. So I am always curious on what brought them back together because mm-hmm. there was a moment where something was weird between them. But for her to be in the documentary mm-hmm. is wild. So that took me by a huge surprise. But again, speaks volumes to Megan and her close circle of girlies, mm-hmm. which was just very interesting to me. Um, I think what was so interesting, again, was like, Seeing Megan like growing up, seeing the videos of her with her dad fishing, with her like, you know, um, all of her plays and her theater at school. Of course, we've seen that Unilever commercial a million times. I don't need to see the Ivory commercial ever again, (laughs) please. But like we got it. There was something in that like childhood footage where I was like, okay, this woman at 41 years old or 40 keeps talking about how she is a nerd and she's just like a homebody and da 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 and I was like oh she's she's not lying like no, she was awkward and she was kind of like a loner and I don't know if that was necessarily by choice um I think you know she spoke a lot about her parents divorce and things like that but you kind of see the evolution of Megan and I have a little bit more context into understanding why she is the way she is now. And then to mm-hmm. add a layer onto that, to see her and Harry together in their like on the couch chatting, I'm like, oh my God, you guys are two nerds together. Nerds. You like giggle at each other's jokes that are like lame or dorky, like, and you're cute yeah. and you're normal. And like, you actually just click in a really dorky way that is like kind of adorable. No. They're adorable, Lex. Like, mm-hmm. the way that they look at each other was giving me a chill. And, I mean, to kind of go off of what you were saying is when 
Because you and I have talked extensively about her, like, nerdy behavior. And, like, when she's like, I play Wordle, it's like, shut the fuck up. Yes. Like, But, like, she is a nerd. She is a nerd. She's a nerd. She's a beautiful nerd. I think this is the one role she's not acting. (laughs) No, no, no. Like, I think that's just her natural. She's kind of, like, awkward a little. Like, where she's. But I also, what I really love that we got to see is, like, she does have this very American, self-deprecating, like, sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And where she does kind of think the monarchy is a little bit of, like, a joke. Because in her mind, she's like, oh, they don't really act like that. Like, yeah, that's what I think every American really thinks. is like, oh, they don't really behave this way <laughs> and behind closed doors, which we'll get to. And, like, I think she has a really funny sense of humor about it. Obviously not about, like the press stuff but i of think course. just marrying a brit and there was a moment i think in the third episode where she's just like i mean it's very british like everything is just smaller like mm-hmm. you don't wave big you wave small like you you you're very you're much more like reserved and that's obviously yes. not her at all like everybody no. like she said it right i'm a hugger mm-hmm. that is like you kind of like contrasting and I know we're generalizing and she was generalizing, but like Mm -hmm. you contrasted and like she seems to express her warmth physically and with physical touch and that might be more taboo with the circles she rolled in in uh, England and things like that. But like I, okay, before we get into episode by episode, I do Mm -hmm. have to, I'm going to call you out for one thing because I, it was one of my favorite parts of last week was this text that you sent me. Oh, about God. this, one of the few that we talked about, and yeah. you just wrote, they fuck. Oh, in all caps. <laughs> Guys. The chemistry? The chemistry. I just want to, like, I want no, to talk like, about that more because Lex, 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 I flipped. Lex. I totally flipped with these two, <laughs> seeing them with the relaxed, the relaxed interview style, the mm-hmm. non-scripted or less scripted, totally different. And the videos, so, the behind the scene photos and videos. We got like so much footage. And I love that they kind of started it off the top with being like, we were told basically by a friend, like, you should document this story. Like, mm-hmm. this is a really, like, a lot is going on. And I want you to be able to remember it or show people like what you really were going through. And um, yeah, so the behind the scenes, like, footage was really crazy. And I stand by what I said, like, these two fuck like, yeah period point blank they're so in love that i mean we'll get to that tent in botswana honey because yep. things are but happening. like they are that is i think that's like a good way to dive into the breakdown is like right. something i didn't really know before and i think this is ultimately the point of why they wanted to do this and megan said it like who better to tell our story than us is like I didn't, every article I read, every interview I assessed, like, I did not see this love and this chemistry until we saw it on Netflix last Thursday. And not even in the Oprah interview. No. It was much more, I think they were really stressed yeah. when they did that interview. Like, if you go back and watch clips, like, yeah, they're answering questions. Of course, they're media trained and, like, they can't say certain things, but you can really tell that it was very stressful for them. And she yeah. was pregnant during it, which is, like, even more stressful. And so to see them, like, in this beautiful home. Yeah. And those beautiful pastels and cashmere turtlenecks. Ugh, like, I know. Gorgeous. It's giving Nancy Myers and, like, again, working for me. 
love Postal it. Postal grandmother vibes. Yes. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Let's just dive into episode one. Okay. Let's just get into it. Let's do it. I'm ready. (laughs) I mean, episode one, really, again, like we said, we get that backstory of their love story, right? Mm -hmm. And I think one thing that I found so interesting with the whole thing is like what they portrayed in the media and the press because of the limitations versus what actually happened. So like, Again, I'm sliding into everybody's DMs moving forward. Get ready. But the background of how they met was a friend was like, oh, I'm showing Harry Megan's Instagram. And she saw he saw a video of her with like a Snapchat dog filter and was like, who is that? And then they met on Instagram via DMs. Yeah. Like, yeah, that rocked my fucking world. I know. And I've been watching reality television since I was a young babe. And to hear a prince, the Prince of England, mm-hmm. say that he wanted to talk to a girl that he saw on Instagram using a 2016 doggy <laughs> Snapchat filter, I, my my world will never be the same. And like, like right? you don't start DMing people left and right. I know. I swear to God. Take my phone and do it for me because that's uh, anyone disrespectful with a blue check, at this point. We're, <laughs> we're finding you and hunting you down. Um, <clears throat> and that was really sweet and really interesting. And then they started kind of talking and getting to know each other. And then she went to Wimbledon. Yes. Obviously to see Serena. Obviously to see Serena. And she was there. And I'm going to, I'm going to mess this up. But. Okay. Did they meet in person at Wimbledon or was she with her friend in one box and was like, oh, look over there. And he was there, too. So what I took from it, I have watched this a few times, mm-hmm. four times to be exact, because <laughs> I have no life. Um, so she was with that woman. I can't yes, remember who the blonde that woman, woman the blonde woman. And the woman tried to point out like a young actor. And was like, oh, go talk to him. And Megan yes. was like, not interested. Yes. And she was like, oh, that's kind of weird, you know? And then, then they had drinks that night. Yes. And he was so late. He was late. They met for drinks. And I also like this because, okay, the I have this, like, layer of being in Toronto when all of this was happening. And Megan was filming Suits in Toronto. And Toronto is very small. So you have that, like, overlap of mutual friends. And it was very, it's like similar to any story. You strike a match and things catch fire. And it's like, oh, they were introduced by the owner of Soho House Mm -hmm. and they had a date at Soho. And then you watch the Lifetime movies and then like reality and those movies blend into one. I know. It's crazy. Like there were so many different stories about how that they, how they met. And the story I remember hearing a lot is that they were set up on a blind date. Yes. That is one yeah. of the ones by I've heard from a stylist, from the Soho guy, from mm-hmm. Jessica Mulrooney, that they were set up on a blind date. Clearly not. 
They were connected in the DMs. It goes down in the DMs. They met for a drink. And then Megan shot her shot again the next day by asking him to go to dinner. And then she was late. But she was like five minutes late. And there was a really relatable part where she was talking about him being late. And she Mm -hmm. was like, this guy just thinks that I'll just sit and wait for him. Like, because he's a prince. Like, who the fuck does he think he is? Like, because something that I had to keep reminding myself is Megan is like 37 at this time. Yeah. 36. 36, She's like taking no shit. Yeah. She's like, I don't have to do this. Like, I don't have to sit here. I know my worth. And just because you're a prince doesn't mean I'm going to sit here and wait for you all night. And he felt so bad. And then he said, it was so sweet. In the interview, he said, you know, like, because she was running like five minutes late. Because she's like, I would never run 30 minutes late. Like, I'm not a psychopath like you. Um, And he was just like, I would have waited there. Like, I, I had to, I had to wait. And I literally got teary eyed. I was like, that is so sweet. Sam, oh my goodness. You I am are such all a in. sucker. Like, no, I, I know. I love them. And then they like stayed in touch for two weeks. Yep. And then they were trying to play on their summers because she was on hiatus from her show before they shot the la- the next season. And so she had her whole summer plan. She was like, I'm going here and I'm going there. Yes, I'm doing this. Girl I'm summer doing that. in Europe. Hot girl summer. Yeah. And he kind of swooped in and shook that all up. Yeah. And they, I think it was like, she was like, I have this time off and he had this time off and the time overlapped and aligned. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm going to be in Africa. Do you want to come to like Botswana with me? And she went and met him. Like, what a love story. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, I just need, like, could you imagine you're getting on a plane to go to Botswana to meet the prince to see if things work out? And they slept in a tent together for mm-hmm. what, eight days, was it? Yeah. I mean, if you don't know about each other after that. I know. Like, where are they going to the restroom? Like, I think they're digging a hole behind in the, the tent. In the brush. Yeah. Yeah. And she said, she was like, there was no mirrors. There was no nothing. Like, you really had no idea. Like, you were completely stripped down. Yes. And I think that that really made, like, it solidified their relationship and their connection. And, like, the photos of them oh, was beautiful. And they showed, like, little Polaroids that they took, like, on that I trip. Know. Like, this is a real fucking love story. It's a real love I story. I mean... Even the grainy photos from their dinner date, the black and white photos, their first photo together, I was like, you two are swear. You little fuckers. Yeah. You are so cute because they were so happy. I'm sick about it. So like you can see the the happiness like radiating (sighs) off of them. They're like Mm -hmm. giddy with delight. And it's like disgusting. And even now they're giddy talking. I'm like, will you two get a fucking room? (laughs) They fuck. They fuck. <laughs> like of all the things I took away from this documentary, that was number one. I mean, okay, so let's also jump ahead in this first episode because after that Botswana trip and she was still on Instagram and I remember because I remember this like very specifically, they had those blue braided bracelets. Yes. And people started connecting the dots that like, They were, he was there, but she was here, but they both have the same bracelet. And what's going on? And what date did they start? I remember that that? so specifically. Yeah. Like, yes. I will never forget. And that's when I first became like, I really liked her and her style. Mm -hmm. So that's when I started my Pinterest board. 
Of her outfit in Spose. Oh my gosh, I'm hunting that down as soon <laughs> like, as we get off this call. <laughs> my photo on Pinterest is Luann, so look for that. Um, <laughs> Countess Della Sepsis is a Royals podcast, of course. Oh my goodness. And, um, they, so they stayed in touch. They were hot and heavy. She was going to the UK left and right. She was yeah. traveling all over. And then they get wind that the Williams like comms guy was yes. basically like, listen, this is going to drop tomorrow. And then they were like, let's rage. Yes. And they were like, let's fucking party one more time. It's Halloween weekend. And they made a whole night birthday. of it in costume. It's your birthday. It was on my birthday. So many birthdays. So okay, many. great. Um, yeah, they like all got into costume with uh, Princess, uh, what is it, Eugenie? Eugenie. Like, yeah. I loved that. I was like, I, oh my God. If there is one other subtle takeaway that I took from this is like, I am such a hardcore Genie fan now. Like, oh, yeah. it just seems like she is the most empathetic of all mm-hmm. of like the royal children. In yeah. the sense that, like, she clearly was so chummy with Megan right out of the gate. I don't think that they would talk about this scenario and her as highly as they did if they weren't still in contact. And also, I'm sure she kind of gets it with everything going on with her dad. Mm. Um, and they just had a wild Halloween night before the shitstorm that was the British media came out to play. Yeah. I was so impressed with, like, just like now that I'm really thinking about it even more, just how Eugenie has stayed like pretty neutral. Like you never hear anything bad about her. Like she's very, I feel like she's a chill girly. I think so too. And I feel like she's very, um, like I hate to do this comparison, but like you think about like all of these like Nepo babies. She gives me like Nikki Hilton energy where it's like, yeah, I'm here. I'm in this world, but I'm going to kind of stay out of it. <laughs> yeah, like I'm good. I got my coins. Yeah. Got my and title. That's all I need. That's all I need. I'll party with you. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Okay, so let's talk about episode two because I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What was the timeline of when they met Wills and Kate? So I think this came down in the second episode. And if I am remembering correctly. It was like post it being public. Yes. So here is exactly what happened. This comes up in episode two when Megan recalls her first dinner with Wills and Kate. And she said that she welcomed them in. She was in ripped jeans and barefoot, gave them big hugs. And this is where she was like, I was a hugger. I've always been a hugger. And I didn't realize that that was really jarring for a lot of Brits. And so she said that this was where she realized that things that happened in the public also followed them behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. Because I guess hugging Kate is what the implication in what she's saying is, or who it's about, uh, was jarring to her and caught her off guard. And they Mm -hmm. were much more formal behind closed doors. Yeah, she said that the, the formality followed them. 
Yes. And so that just makes me wonder, like, because obviously Princess Eugenie is a royal. And she clearly didn't have that same reaction with Meghan. Like, there was an informality. I mean, they were dressed like lunatics. Like, Like they were partying and raging. It looked like it was a zombie apocalypse they were preparing for on Halloween. (laughs) Because they had to be in full disguise. Yes. And so I'm like, I find that interesting because it's like Will grew up, you know, as a royal too. And he was the opposite of what Princess Eugenie was. No, I think what is so interesting, um, you know, a couple. so I think what's so interesting here is that, first of all, with all of the negative attention that Meghan was getting and the fact that so much of it was rooted in race, the royal family did not really understand that. And they <coughs> considered it a rite of passage that, like, Kate had to go through and Fergie and it would mm-hmm. soon die down. That being said, that's clearly not what happened. But I think that... The way that Wills and Kate responded to Kate being a commoner was to over-index on the formality of their Mm -hmm. positions and roles. And it's like, if we are going to be accepted into this, we are going to be the best damn Duke and Duchess that you've ever seen. I am never going to get out of lockstep. And I feel like perhaps, as Megan said, that followed them into their private life. Mm-hmm. And what I appreciated is that they don't just outright talk about Will and Kate in this, the first half of this documentary. Right. Like, you're kind of like left assuming or thinking, I don't think he wants to be like, yeah, my brother is like a prick and like his yes. wife was cold to my girl or my fiance. Like, no one like wants to come out and say that. Um, But I just thought that that was really interesting. Like, mm-hmm. and I also... There's a part of me, and I'm saying this right now, not having seen the second half of the documentary, so this my tune could totally change next week, um, is that I feel a, a part of me feels bad for Will and Kate. Like, they really didn't ever, I don't think, they didn't have the opportunity to even, like, think of leaving. Oh, no. You know what I mean? But I also don't think the tabloids were as harsh, obviously. I mean, I also think it's important to highlight, like, the tabloids were really fucking bad to Kate, weighty Katie, and she was young. Like, she was like, I, I see both sides because, like, they were literally in university, like, they were children. So for her and Will to say, "We are doing this," we're making that decision. Like, they had to be really, really, really sure. She had to be sure because, to your point, Harry is the spare and. It's different. Like, Will and Kate are not going to be allotted that flexibility or opportunity to ever leave. If they did, it would be a huge, huge story. And, like, of course, Harry and Meghan was a huge, huge story. But, like, I think the fact of the matter is, while the media was just as bad and then, yes, worse with Meghan, okay, fine, you can argue she's older so she could, you know, deal with it or process it better. But the fact that it was rooted in so much racism is the issue that Harry had, is the issue with them, like with the royal rota, is the issue that ultimately drove them to leave because the institution and their family wouldn't protect them. Like, it's the racism of it all. And Mm -hmm. I feel completely valid in saying that. Mm -hmm. And that is the thing that you cannot get over. Like, you can call me weighty Katie till I'm blue in the face. You can mock Camilla for playing her long game, but like when you come after a part of me that like I cannot change, 
I cannot change the color of my skin. And you're now using that to sell newspapers. And my family is now planting those stories and yeah. offering up those stories. So you don't talk about my uncle and his yeah. PDF files. Like, are you kidding me? That is inexcusable. Yeah. I made it rain. <laughs> you made it rain. It's pouring. It was interesting to me to see it all play out in a timeline because like mm -hmm. living it, it doesn't, it feels different. But then seeing it all play out in front of you in chronological, in chronological order is very different. Like the fact he had to put a statement out eight days after they went public with their relationship, which was because the press of. was fucking racist and disgusting and following her family around, getting mm -hmm. photos and torturing her close friends and family like that's insane i did not realize it was only eight days i didn't yes. realize that this began immediately and this that was ignorant on my part and releasing a statement like that with like the um letterhead of mm -hmm. any part of the monarchy or royal family especially somebody who is so senior as royal as prince harry was for a girlfriend to put out a statement that quickly of that level was unprecedented. Like, it, it had never happened. Never. Also, in this episode, we got Doria, Megan's mother, speaking for the first time. She spoke on it. She spoke with so much conviction. I am obsessed with this woman. I love her. I now want to drive around LA and see if I can run into her and maybe grab a coffee. I don't know. No, I was, when I saw her sit down, it had never, ever crossed my mind that she would do this. No. Because she is so private. She so has private. never come out and said anything about their relationship. The only time I've ever seen her was at their wedding. Like, yes. that's it. She keeps a very low profile. I'm obsessed with her. She's so beautiful. I know. And she's just so, like, powerful and, like, her quiet kind of yes she has like a quiet stature to her yeah and even when she speaks she's like clearly a woman of few words but first of all i could like i was like i need this woman to like record she's uh, a sleep story for me because i loved the sound of her voice but also she it's so obvious that like she loves her daughter and while she is sitting here speaking about everything that happened, I still felt like there was so much pain for her feeling like she wasn't able to protect her daughter from all of this. Mm -hmm. And I just, I love her. Like, I, I live for Doria. I really appreciate her coming and speaking in this type of context mm -hmm. and for this, like, docuseries because, like you said, we never get to hear her speak. So it's important to me that we got to hear not only how she was processing what Megan went through, and but also what she was processing what she went through as a result of all of this. And lastly, I loved hearing her talk about her love for Harry. Yeah, that was so sweet. It and was so sweet. It was so sweet. And seeing her speak and listening to her, Megan makes even more sense to me. Mm -hmm. Like this is who Megan lived with primarily throughout her life. And this is the person that she resembles, like, in yes. her, like, manner of speaking and, like, how thoughtful she is with her words. And it just reminded me of how that's how we feel about Harry with Diana. 
Yes. Like, that's Diana's son, you know? And like, that's the vibe that I get with her is that's Doria's daughter, you know? Yes. Like, they're very, very similar. And then this episode, we got it's such a great so- way of putting it, honestly. Thank you. Very good. Thank you. Um, We get so much more backstory into Megan's life. Yes. Oh, like, my gosh. From the very beginning, the very till now. Yeah. And like I was saying, like these, it was those, like that backstory and a lot of the, that like, um, you know, like old school VHS cameras and like, I, you could see the divide that she had between her life with her dad and her life with her mom and when they were together and when things separated where she fell in love with being on set. Um, and you know, ultimately where we recognize our girl Megan's a little bit nerdy and like, Uh that's not something new. No. And you know what I noticed? And I had to check myself. I had to really sit with myself for a moment and do some self-reflection because mm-hmm. I remember, I I don't remember the specifics of it, but I remember the first time I ever saw Megan's handwriting. I feel like it was like on Instagram or something. Someone had posted a letter and I was like, Ugh, this bitch, like trying so hard with her calligraphy, you know, like she's, you know, trying to be royal with this fancy penmanship. Oh, and yeah. Show this letter that she wrote as like an 11 year old girl. And it's exactly the same. It's exactly it's the beautiful same. penmanship. She has beautiful penmanship. She also, in her adult life, took up an interest in calligraphy right. and prided herself on sending handwritten notes to people. But she would like help people with like wedding invitations. Yeah. Like she really. She is like a jack of all trades. Yes. And like I think she really is just one of these people that is like a little bit of a loner, has her interests, and like she's she's a little bit dorky. And I, yeah. I've, I've gone back and forth on this so many times about like <coughs> what it is, what I think about Megan, and why I think people dislike her, and also why I sometimes dislike her. And I've kind of realized it, and I would love your thoughts on my thoughts, please. Yes. <laughs> because I feel like there are times when we've said this where Megan comes off as like inauthentic or fake. It's like she's trying too hard and it almost makes her unlikable. But I feel like through this process of coming in and out of the royal family and being such a target for the media that it's like she's so buttoned up and so on the nose and is actually trying too hard to be so perfect because if she messes up, they're going to go after that. So it's like the lesser of two evils is like, let me be buttoned up and perfect. Maybe I'm less likable. But if I do anything wrong, they're going to take that and they're going to like drag me back to Canada because I (laughs) have to be so perfect. Mm -hmm. And I do, again, think it's that racial bias. Like it's so easy for them to make her a target. Mm -hmm. And so she has to overcompensate. But sometimes overcompensating actually comes off as fake and inauthentic. Right. Which is then leads them to be like, see, she's an actress. Yes. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. So then we got the behind the scenes mm-hmm. of the proposal. I, I mean, was thrilled. I have been 
waiting to talk to you about this because one of the main pain points <laughs> you've had yeah. with our girl Megan is the roasted chicken. I sure did. <laughs> so talk about, talk us through the proposal um, and what happened with photo evidence and video. And so video. I trust her mm-hmm. versus the reality show interview that they had to give on the BBC. Yeah. So obviously, if you have been listening to Crunch Rules, I hated when Megan said roast chicken <laughs> in that BBC interview the, the day that they announced their engagement. I have been, this has been a torch I've been carrying for years. Okay. Yeah. And then in this little documentary, Harry brings up how he planned to propose. He's like, I wanted to do it earlier, but I had to get the Queen's blessing. And then he had to do it in the UK. Like he couldn't do it abroad. And so he says, he goes, we were roasting a chicken. And then he set up this beautiful with battery. They made it a note to point out that it was battery LED candles on a blanket. And like there is video of her sending a, so a video sustainable. To, to, so sustainable. Um, sending a video to her friend Jessica. Mm-hmm. Um, who I think it's interesting that she's not in this documentary, but whatever. Because they talk about on Instagram, so oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, I can't dive. I can't ask why anymore. <laughs> okay. And um, she she sent a video and she goes, "It's happening." Like I think it's happening. Like it felt so. It felt like every single girl who is like ready to get engaged and like she thinks it's coming, but she's not totally mm-hmm. sure. Like it was so fucking cute. And then her dog was there and he just had surgery on his paws. So he yeah. was sitting on the blanket. It was a tor- it was so sweet. It was And they so made sweet. some joke and it was like, oh, they were the producers, I think, or the interviewers were like, did you get down on one D? And Harry's like, I don't know what position I was in. Maybe like downward dog. Like those little snippets that like stick stuck in my memory are like the moments where I'm like, these two are so fucking cute. They're I cannot so stand cute. it. Because like they they they're comfortable with each other and I love that because no matter what they've been through so much shit and like they have each other and I really believe that yeah and they're like each other's rocks yeah like I know how cheesy that sounds and they said I feel like they've said that at some point and I was like shut up but they remember was it I don't remember which episode it was specifically I think it was this third one but Megan's like, oh, Harry had a list, a very detailed, extensive yes. list of who he was looking for. And they're like, the interviewers, can we see the list? And he's like, you're never going to see the list. And he's like, you're looking at the list right here. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> no, I and it feels real. Like, it feels, it feels real. Like, real to me. And you then, can't like, make this so shit many... up, has. <laughs> no, the has. the has. There's been a lot of online conversation about the H and the M. Mm-hmm. Them referring. I'm like, you guys got to get over that. It's really not that we serious. We all do. We also, all do. another thing I want everyone to get over was her making. F- I want everyone to remember this. She's making fun of herself mm-hmm. when she does the whole curtsying thing in front of the queen. People are taking that four seconds of this three hour documentary and like running with it. And they're like, look at him. Like, he looks so annoyed with her. I'm like, no, I'm sure they're fine. <laughs> like, I'm sure they're fine. Like, He's like, my wife is just weird. Yeah. I don't know. I know. And I mean, I want to get into the Markles of it all. So the last thing I'll say on these two, which I also very much appreciated, was that 
Harry spoke about his inappropriate Halloween costume and how it was like the worst mistake of his life and the work that he did to grow and evolve from that moment. But I found it very interesting that he flat out acknowledged that. So I was waiting for this. I was like, Mm -hmm. are they going to talk about it? Because if you're going to talk about racism and everything, you have to address the elephant in the room, which was like you dressed up like a Nazi. Yes. And he said, he goes, that was the biggest mistake of my life. And he goes, I immediately recognized that and did the work. And that is something that I just applaud him for immensely is that he he does the work he wants to grow he has that in him where he's always searching for something to better himself yes he -hmm. is very interested in improving who he is from like and understanding his privilege and growing Mm -hmm. and evolving from there and people who do not grow and evolve let's quickly talk about these markles because i don't want to give them a lot of airtime. but i think what was so interesting that megan highlighted was like just how far apart and how little and long ago her and her half-sister Samantha actually knew one another. And the fact that like she actually connected with Samantha's daughter, Ashley, and they formed a stronger bond and connection. And then ultimately after the engagement and after her sister going on different media outlets and sharing stories on Megan, um, she ultimately had to disinvite Ashley from the wedding because, sadly, the Markles were the liability. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to note that Samantha's daughter, Ashley, was not close with her and was raised by her grandparents. Her grandparents, yes. Yeah. Like, but still. this is a woman that isn't close with anyone in her family, let alone her estranged half-sister. So for her to like, go on all these interviews and sell stories it's so disgusting it's so disgusting and it's sad like it's really sad it's sad you know they also talked about and harry talked about it how like megan wanted this big family because she didn't really have that growing up and she Mm -hmm. she formed that with her girlfriends and you see that in all of the interviews of her female friends um that are in the docuseries and she didn't have that with her immediate family with her half sister or their family And then ultimately, she was excited by the idea of this big, welcoming family. It was like a dream for her to come into the royal family at first. And then, like, when they got engaged, it was like a symbol to Black Brits Mm -hmm. that, like, there is change. There is modernization. They are, like, coming around. Like, they are going to start reflecting the people that they, quote, unquote, serve. Yes. Um, Which I just thought was, like, a really... It was really beautiful to see everyone's happiness. Like the country was like elated. I, again, not British, Canadian, part of the Commonwealth, Mm -hmm. also a mixed race person. I was on cloud nine. I was like, it's happened for us. (laughs) Yeah. Our girl did it. I'm so happy for her. And like, again, that's why there's so much of this like emotional connection, I think, to the whole situation for so many people and for black people, because it is so obvious and evident that like like what's happened here, you know? Yeah. And it's really unfortunate. It's disappointing. Like I said, I am really rooting for our King Charles, whether like just to modernize in some capacity what's happening with the monarchy. I'm rooting for you. We're all rooting for you. But Mm -hmm. ultimately, I think it needs to also (coughs) 
um, you know, be reflected in in the press aspect of of it all. Mm-hmm. And I want Americans who are listening to keep in mind that the British press and the American press are two very different things. So mm-hmm. what we're seeing about Megan over here is nothing compared to the harassment and the vitriol and the racism that she experienced over there on top of the social media. I said this too, like before with the trailer last week, like I did not know if we were going to get anything new from this story. And I can't say that we got anything quote unquote new, new, but hearing it from their perspective has genuinely made a difference so far. We can recap the rest of the three episodes next week. And of course we will, but I think it really has opened my eyes to a new POV And I'm pleasantly surprised to have, you know, been wrong in my shortcomings and what I understood. I second all of that because, you know, me, I was I was unsure. Yeah, I really was unsure. And then we got a new trailer. And I'll Mm -hmm. just say the one quote that is been sticking with me for days is this quote that says they were actively recruiting people to disseminate disinformation. That bomb that was dropped i'm like holy shit i think harry's like gonna light this place up yes and i i was reading twitter and there was uh some clip of megan from the oprah interview talking about like how they the institution will lie to protect people and she kept it very general but in this trailer um harry calls out that they were lying to protect william which mm-hmm. let's keep that for next week because Ooh. that whole story I cannot believe that story did not get more attention than it got. And And we won't tell you what that is. You'll have to listen next. You'll have to listen. And then the last thing I'll say is the 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 Tyler Perry cameo in the trailer. Girl. Lost my mind. Tyler Perry pop up, that little head. I was like, damn it. Like, what is he doing here? It was like that TikTok sound. What are you doing here? He's in everything. He's everywhere. Bloody Tyler Perry. But I'm I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And you know we are gonna break it down for you next week, and I cannot wait. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. Time for our favorite game of mail or fail. One of these is a real headline from the Daily Mail or a similar publication, and the others have been completely made up by our producers. Will we spot the mail or will we fail? At this point, it's anybody's game. Take it away, Samantha. Okay, so option one. I'm notoriously so bad at this game. So option number one. Mega bucks. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry rake in a 244,000 pound a minute for new Netflix stock as Palish rubbishes key claim. Option two, mega bucks. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry rake in a 54,000 pound a minute for the new Netflix stock as Palace rubbishes key claim. I mean, I'm going to go. I think the first one is true. Really? 
Yeah. Uh, I, I'm saying the second one because there's no, I cannot believe that they made that much money a minute. I will cry. But you know what? You're probably right. Click the first one and let us know. Oh, God. I'm mm. I was right. I'm sick. I'm actually uncomfortable. 244,000 pounds a minute? A minute. That is like $450,000 US dollars. Well, now, I mean, with the dollar, it's a bit more yeah. on par. But still, like, that is unbelievable. Good for them. Get their coins. Like, do they never have to work again after this? They're at all, honey. I want, I want hundreds of episodes. Like, they could pay Charles back for buying their $14 million mansion. Mm-hmm. They're good to go with this. I am. I'm I, I, I couldn't reconcile that number, so I went option number two, but I'm not surprised. At this point, pay them whatever they need. I'm enjoying myself. I'm dead. So to finish up, let's name our spotted dick for this episode. Who has been a real steamed pudding this week? My spotted dick of the week is going out to Samantha Markle. I just cannot meet you in the middle of being okay with the way that you are absolutely dragging your half-sister who you barely know. And now I'm a Markle Sparkle and like you do not get on our bad side, okay? Not on the Markle Sparkles. (laughs) That is my spotted dick of the week. My spotted dick of the week has nothing... Like, we never mentioned her in this episode. But I, but I know. You know. Mm-hmm. If you're a royal fan, you know what, what I mean by this. My spotted dick of the week is Bethany Frank. Mm-hmm. I've I followed her. I've muted her. Oh. Oh. Whoa. I've had it. I've taken a stance. Again, oh. we are Markle's Sparkles on this <laughs> podcast. And Bethany is in fucking sufferable when it comes to this royal family. She will watch every documentary, interview, read every article, and, like, hate on them. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, you are so nasty and so rude. And I've had it. Yeah. So she's my spotted dick of the week. I love that. And I agree. Because she said, like, I I read a headline that she was just saying, like, this was, um, like, a a waste what they were doing. Yeah, a cash grab. I'm like, queen of the cash grab. Are you... For real, you made baloney. At 244,000 pounds a minute, Bethany, Please. goodbye. Yeah, she wishes. She wishes. So that's it for this week's episode of Crown Jewels. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. We'll have new episodes every single Thursday, so be sure to subscribe now so you don't miss out on our next episode. We are going to be talking about the last three episodes of the Harry and Meghan docuseries. You do not want to miss that. It's going to Tell be everybody you know. Tell your documentary obsessed friends. Tell your royally obsessed friends. And be sure to follow me at Lex Nico. And follow me at Bravo Historian. And until next time, may God save the bitch. Betches.